Okay, we are live. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Embodiment of Soul Care. This is our podcast number 14, and we are on fire tonight and in a good way. <laughs> so last time I answered a question of Casey's, and tonight Casey gets to answer a question of mine. And this one, I was just telling Casey no more than like a couple minutes ago that I thought my question was loaded. And then I remembered today, I was thinking about the whole topic that she had to answer today. And I was thinking to myself, now that is loaded. Like mine is pretty easy compared to this one, because this one, it's heavy in the sense that it touches everybody so differently. And there's so many dynamics to it. And uh, we had asked some people online, um, we kind of announced that we were talking about the topic of grief. And I didn't, I didn't hear any responses back. I don't know if Casey did or not, but it's kind of one of those things where people don't really know what to ask when it comes to grief. And I figured there would be no um, commentary to that question of, hey, does anybody have any input or any questions about it? Because it's so personal. And I don't think people really like to put themselves out there and be that personal. And that's totally fine. And hopefully um, in the mix of whatever it is that Casey's going to tell us, which I'm sure is going to be dynamic in many ways, um, and through our discussion, that hopefully we will answer some of those deep um, needing questions that you guys have about grief. So I will announce the question first. Do you want me to do that or do you want to talk about my brother real quick? Yeah, you know, let's How do about that. you talk about real Ted quick. real quick and then, yes. and then we'll go into the, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do it. Perfect. You know, so I wanted to mention um, Hell Froze Over this last week. <laughs> and um, no, it was really great. So uh, my husband has this coworker who meditates regularly. Um, he actually lives out in Miami. And kind of in the last couple of weeks, because him and Ted deal with very similar issues at work in terms of people and how crazy, you know, some of these other like contractors and everybody drives them, you know, and kind of constantly like mm -hmm. in their space. And he said, Theo, he calls him Theo. Theo, take that, put it out of your space. Theo, you need to meditate. So he tells my husband, you should meditate <laughs> he because he has a regular practice. And to him, it helps mm -hmm. him, you know, calm right. everything and help keep the crap out of his space upon his choice, right? Like he's consciously choosing, you know what, I'm going to take your stuff and put it out of my space, you know, kind of create right. that boundary. So, um, he encouraged my husband to, you know, download this app called Headspace and it kind of helps walk you through oh, some simple okay. meditations and it sort of like graduates you, you know, you can start with right. really simple stuff. Like, watch the thoughts come in and out, watch them just flow through, you know, mm -hmm. so it kind of works you up to, mm -hmm. you know, longer meditations or deeper meditations, but starts out really simply. And it's a good way to just kind of like dip your toe in. So I just wanted to, oh, and the amazing part was that we were sitting on the porch um, and Teddy was like, oh, you know, cause usually I'm sitting there and I don't turn my own meditations on like a guided thing or whatever. Cause I know he's going to interrupt it and he's going to be like, Hey, did it, you know, start talking <laughs> to me. Course. So I kind of just do my own silent space until right. he does his thing. And I'm like, yes. And then I kind of go back, you know? So, and so he took out his phone and he started doing his app, put in his headphones, was totally like Zen, quiet, peaceful for like 10 minutes. So I got to be totally Zen, quiet, peaceful in my own space for like those same 10 minutes. And then after the 10 minutes, he turns to me and he's like, that was great. Like, very calm, <laughs> yeah. you know, almost in like a tone of voice. I don't hear very much from him, you yeah. know? Um, and it was really neat. I was like, yeah, you know, it can be very powerful. So it was just kind of a cool moment. Like, you know, somebody, I remember telling a gentleman I met with like a year ago, like, oh, there's certain things Teddy does and doesn't do. And, oh, he would never do that. Or, you know, and it is interesting to think, the limitations we either have on ourselves or on other people like, oh, they would never do that or they would never try that. Or we think, oh, you know what? I want to meditate, but I'm not going to, or I don't have the time or whatever our reasons or excuses are, you know, like, so I just wanted to say this as a way to like open the door. You know, there's a lot of apps out there. Maybe that's an easy way. I think one's called yeah. Calm. And I mean, I'm sure there's like hundreds of them. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you're, if you've been thinking about it at all, just tap in, you know, um, give a little yeah. bit of time to it. See, just explore it. You won't know, right? Like I tell my kid, it's like, you won't know if you're into it, if you don't kind of try it out. Right. So give it a try. So nice. just our little encouragement to give meditation a try, because it can be a very powerful part of keeping your boundaries, keeping your sovereignty, yes. you know, your energetic sovereignty, um, and having that nice bubble around mm -hmm. you when, and how you choose. 
So yeah. anyways, I thought that was great. Yeah. And also it's, it's a great way to just quiet yourself. Like he experienced, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he has so much going on all the time as we all do. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just that, that, that space where you can just be quiet for a moment and not have to listen to the outside world. And instead we go inside and that's where we sense that little bit of freedom that we have. You know, you yes. start to feel that space and that free feeling because you're really connecting with the being of you. So yeah, I think that's great that Teddy tried that. And I yeah. think you should encourage him to do it more, even if I you're totally sitting on the porch and say, Ted, put your, <laughs> yeah, where's your, <laughs> let's do this, you know, cause I'm going to yeah. zone out and I don't want to listen to you. So seriously. You know, yep. <laughs> go ahead and put yours in. Oh, seriously. So that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I had just been to your house yesterday and he, I, you know, he was so tired and exhausted and you know, he needs that. He really needs that space for his head. So good, good. Keep encouraging it. Encourage people at home, encourage your loved ones, you know, do that for yourselves as well. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Are you ready to get into this question and dive into the depths of death? No, I'm just kidding. I feel like you did last week, you know, where it's like, you know, the deep dive, like take a breath and go on. Oh, exactly. Plus, I've I had a whole month, for you. you know, yeah, yeah you true. get to drink. I've had an entire yeah. month to really be percolating and ruminating on this, you know, cause two weeks true. ago we decided to split up the questions cause we had so much to say. And so yeah, it's really, oh, I know. Yeah, so you've had been... some time to kind of um, sit on this and really decide what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and let it sink in. Know. And it shifted a little, you know, since your um, answer last week, uh, the question was on karma and reincarnation, which obviously does relate a lot to, Mm -hmm. you know, touches on some of the same things. And so then I was able to kind of go within and be like, okay, you know, really take some of what you said and be like, Hmm, you know, how do I, you know, how did that maybe shift something for me or at least open something up, um, that maybe I wasn't looking at before. So that was really cool too. Awesome. Well, let's hear it. So here, I'm going to read the question aloud. Just so it refreshes my memory. All of you know what it is. And then Casey, of course, can then dive in. So this is the question. How does one heal from the process of grief? Is grieving a healthy process? And how do I remember someone who has passed without sadness attached? Dun, dun, dun. So my title after you know, really diving in. So the title for this podcast is healing grief and healing belief. Ooh. And I really credit that Ooh. to um, your discussion on karma and reincarnation, because it really had me dive into the belief part that underpins yeah. so much of what we're grieving. And so that's kind of the oh, theme. Like and um, oh yeah, it's really good. Okay. So I'm going to read something that's going to set a little bit of a stage for okay. this. Um, and it's what I had sent you, you know, two weeks ago when you were going to be talking about karma. Cause on, on the surface, it kind of seems, you know, kind of on the more typical side of how spiritual people consider things like karma and reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from a gentleman. I think I've mentioned him before. He does really beautiful sound meditations. His name is Tom Kenyon. He had mm-hmm. sent this out. Um, he channels the Hathors, ancient yep. Egyptians, and he had sent this out back in March, like right after the pandemic started happening. Um, And here was his, some of his thoughts. The ancient Egyptians referred to our portal of consciousness as the Ib located in the physical heart. And they believed it was the seat of the soul as well as the source of volition, which is will. At the moment of death, the Egyptians believed that one's heart was weighed in the spirit world by the goddess, Mat, using a feather to see if the Ib was burdened by the experiences of one's life or if it was as light as a feather. If the Ib was light enough, one would be given access to the higher worlds. If one's heart was burdened by the regrets and vicissitudes of life, then one would have to go to one of the lower worlds. One of the secret paths of of Egyptian high alchemy was to shift one's allegiance from the appearances of the physical world to the higher self or Ba, which by its very nature transforms negative life impressions into the freedom of unbounded consciousness, which sees through the illusions of the physical world. And so this is kind of kind of relate to a lot of what I'm going to say tonight. I wanted to point out 
there's so many things, but kind of the light as a feather piece versus burdened by burdened by regret, burdened by what's happened, you know, and you in your discussion of, um, and I'm, I'm going to kind of dive into this so that then later we can kind of, you know, because I think when we, when we talk about grief, when we think about grief, what we automatically go to is somebody died, Mm -hmm. somebody passed and Mm -hmm. I'm grieving. I think that's the most automatic interpretation or, um, association when we say grief. Um, and your question certainly pointed to that. And I think a lot of where you were exploring it was, um, from people's experience right now, either they're literally grieving, you know, someone who has passed due to the virus, the coronavirus, or somehow related to that, um, Mm -hmm. or they're projecting the grief they would experience if someone that they love or if themselves or whomever were to, you know, pass from the virus, you know, that's kind of the fear piece, the fear of death is almost, you know, you're almost pre-grieving or something, you know, so it's this very interesting situation that like almost the whole world, you know, is engulfed in. And I think that's a lot of where your question came from is, you know, how do you deal with that? Either the reality of it or the projected reality Mm -hmm. of it, you know? Because they can both feel very real and they can both really influence your life in a very big way. Um, But where I kind of um, got derailed a bit with this uh, question, it sent me so deep because I really got to be with, um, because you also had the first piece on healing, you know, how do you heal from Mm -hmm. grief? And as I sat with it, um, okay, so it's really funny. So I'm almost turning 40, right? And if you count the nine months I was in the womb, like I'm basically 40 years, you know, in a human form and human cells. And I was thinking about that, um, you know, Moses wandered 40 years in the desert, you know, before. And what's interesting is I've had, what's beautiful about this question you asked is it allowed me to see, I've had like almost a 40 years in the desert experience um, of grief. And what I wanted to talk about was kind of the different levels of grief. So what I'm pointing to is it's actually helping me heal, you know, and really move on from my story. Because so much of what you said last week about karma and all that, it's, it's the story we carry, the burdens we yes. have, the regrets we have, it's the story we have. And so much of it isn't actually what's happened. It's the story we have around it that holds all the energy right. that carries um, that then creates all these negative thoughts or negative outcomes or negative beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, I think what you were calling thought, I would call belief. I think it's very right. similar in how we were yes, talking about it. Yep. Um, I'm just going to use the word belief tonight, but it holds so much weight, Perfect. you know, and that's kind of like, are you weighed down by your beliefs or are you light as a feather, you know? Um, and yes. I'll come back to that. But so part of what I wanted to talk about in grief is sort of the levels. Cause I think a lot of it depends on the level and the circumstance, you know, like we were talking, for example, it's like if somebody, um, you know, if you know, somebody's going to pass, you know, let's say they have a long battle with cancer Mm -hmm. or, you know, let's say they're your, your older mother or father who's in their nineties or something. And you're expecting it. You know, it's not like when they pass, you're like, Oh my goodness, I didn't see this coming. Right. I mean, deep down, you've been expecting it. You've been somewhat preparing for it. So I think part of grief is, well, was it sudden, you know, what are the circumstances surrounding the grief? Was it sudden? Was it like a shock to the system? Cause sometimes those, those griefs go deeper. They may take longer to heal versus something you've kind of been had some time to prepare for, you know, that's a different level of grief. And I was going to kind of, um, you know, if you take this outer circle, um, that level of grief, I was terming more like griefs of perception um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, griefs that are um, kind of minor, minor grievances or minor regrets or minor griefs. Um, So for example, I would say, you know, when my grandmother passed, you know, she was in her nineties, she'd had a great life, you know, she had gotten, you know, lots of flus and sicknesses the last couple of years that really decreased her quality of life. So part of me was actually lightened when she passed. I was, I was lightened, you know, I was, you know, it was time for her to leave the body. It was okay. She had a great life. You know, one of those where I certainly grieved her death, but I, it was not um, a deep grieving. Now, what I would say, there was a tiny piece, you know, you go down to kind of the more major grievances a little deeper, like a second layer. There was a few things I regretted about what I didn't do towards the end or how much time I didn't spend with her. And that was the actual grief I had to heal. 
It wasn't wow. her death. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So there's kind of levels. Yep. It's like her death wasn't a deep grief for me, mm-hmm. but the regrets I had around the time I didn't spend this song, I'd promised to sing her in person that I never sang her. Like I had right. to, I had to heal that regret right. more related. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But then also on the deeper level, somebody like my mother, who that was her mother, you know, her mm-hmm. mother passed, that was on the deeper level, you know? Mine was kind of out here grieving her death. My mother's grief of her death is more towards the center. It was a lot deeper. Why? Because that's her mother. It's, right. She came from that womb. She grew up with her. You know, her connection to her own mother in that way is stronger. I mean, when my own mother passes, I mean, I'm going to be, you know, like <laughs> way in the center, right? I mean, I get it, right? It's really yeah. deep. Yeah. Um, so I think sometimes the, the level of grief we have also comes into play, you know, and that's important in terms of healing time or what you're expecting of yourself or or people saying, oh, you should be moved on by now or whatever that is. It's like, it kind of depends on, and let's say you have some really deep regret attached to that person that you didn't do before they died or that, oh God, you know, that's what you're hanging on to. It's the attachments, you know? Um, so that always comes into play. And then what I wanted to dive into and kind of put out there is this very deepest layer of grief is what I call existential grief. And that's um, the, the most basic way of saying it is that's love of grief. You had this beautiful thing last week or two weeks ago, and you said that we are a stream of well-being. That is the God source energy. The God source energy is just a constant stream of yeah. well-being. Um, but when we disconnect from that stream, as you said, we create negative outcomes. We create unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. We create you know, the things that we wish were not. And so um, that is this layer. When you feel disconnected from um, that stream of well-being, that's existential grief. Mm-hmm. And, and that's real, you know, and it can also be collective. I mean, as a collective, I believe we have a level of existential grief. It's like, why God, why are we doing awful things to each other? Why do humans kill one another? Why do we have these negative ego driven tendencies that live within all of us, you know, to varying degrees, but it's in all of us. It's in us as a collective, certainly, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're seeing it all over the place right now. Just, just look, you know, I mean, we all have our interpretations of that, but, um, you know, where's that coming from? If you know that you're constantly connected to a stream of well-being, you can't behave in ego-based ways. It's literally impossible. Right. But if you don't know that, if you're disconnected from that, there is a grief there. And that's the deepest grief is that sense that I am disconnected from source. I am disconnected from God. You know, so it's kind of like, to me, um, all the other griefs are symbolic of that. So when someone in your life dies and you now no longer have that physical body, you know, you don't have that personality. Um, that's almost like the, the covering to what's really at the core. At the mm-hmm. core of the grief is your sense of disconnection from God. Right. Your sense of disconnection. Because if you're connected constantly to that stream of well-being, then it's kind of like what I had said that sparked this question for you, Kelly, which was only a personality can grieve another personality. Yes. You know? So it's like... Um, Versus when you're, you're in the energy of God and source, there are no personalities. No. I mean, a personality can pass, a body can pass, but the energy of God that that embodies lives on, you know, I mean, right. you spoke beautifully to that last week. So, um, but that's why we kind of, our ego grabs on, it attaches to the person, it mm-hmm. attaches to the personality, it attaches to all these things as a distraction. Right. As a way, you had this great word for it last week. You said amaze. The ego loves amaze. And that's exactly it. It makes this maze out of everything so that we can stay away from the one real problem. You know, there's one problem and one solution for everything in the entire world. And everything Mm -hmm. that manifests is just a symbol of that one basic problem. Right. And and that's why at this core layer, and, and part of it, I think part of existential grief is tough because it's like when you, like, let's say something like Hitler, the concentration camps, a serial killer, you know, um, things like that fit in this realm because it's like, and and this is kind of where I was talking about, I wandered 40 years in the desert in my life and I wanted to emerge 
into feeling very connected to source, but it was kind of that, you know, that why God, why isn't that the ultimate grief question? I mean, if you're on your knees saying, why God, why that mm -hmm. is grief at its core, you know? And like I said to you, there was a part of me that doesn't feel like I was born as a pure being. I don't feel like I was born in pure light. I feel like I was born on my knees saying, why God, why? And I've been finding out that answer ever since so I could get off my knees. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why this question went so deep for me because I feel like I've, but I wasn't living, I've had a great life. I've had an amazing life. I grew up in suburbia in Aurora, Colorado with great parents. <laughs> I was dancing, I was singing. I mean, you couldn't get a better life. Yet here I am wandering in the desert my whole life in grief. Mm -hmm. How do those two jive? Well, it's because I, you know, had this burden, a self-imposed burden I wanted to work through in this lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. and this question got me really present to it. So I think that a lot of us have some form of existential grief at our core and it's scary to look at. It's like that shadow side, you know, you just want to be the love and the light and I don't want to look there, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I looked there, if people go back to podcast 10, I dove into it a lot and I won't do that yeah. tonight. But what was underneath the grief was my guilt, my guilt that I'm like, okay, I have created this. I've created this world mm -hmm. in which negative things happen. You know, I am part right. of the collective that created this. It's my fault. So you go down that little rabbit hole, you know? So I think it's an interesting thing for people to look at, to just say, what is at the core of my grief? You know, sometimes griefs are symbolic and they're symbolic so we can avoid what's at the heart of it. And what right. I wanted to say about this level of grief, I mean, you know, kind of out here, um, the other example I wanted to give was like a grief of perception could be, you know, my best friend that two years ago just didn't want to be my best friend anymore. You know, mm -hmm. and at first, I mean, she was my sister. She was my soul sister. I'm like, that you, you can't do that, right? I mean, we're soul mm -hmm. sisters. So I was grieving the loss of my sister. And then after two years, you know, cycling through, cycling through, healing, looking, I came a big 180, saw that, wow, it's perfect that we're on our own path. We, we were not meant, you know, to continue forward together at all. And now that my perception had shifted, all the grief was gone. Because right. the grief was a grief of perception. It wasn't a grief yep. of reality. It was just a grief of how I was perceiving. And here's what I wanted to say. So much grief is about how things should be. It's all of our right. shoulds. The person should still be here. People mm -hmm. should not die before they're 20. Or it's, mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about every grief you have, it's because something is not the way it should be. It be. Right. Don should be my friend. And it's wrong that she's not. So I'm grieving. You know, everything right. is based on a should, and that's all ego. Ego is the should, yes. the realm of should. Spirit is the realm of flow, as you have mm -hmm. so beautifully alluded to before. Mm -hmm. So it's just something good um, for people to look at. And where the belief part comes in is th this level of grief is only because you're believing you're separate from God. It doesn't mean you are. We right. never are. We are never separate from source. We are never separate from the constant stream of well-being. But our belief that we are can underpin and you're grieving that it's like, of course, if you feel separate, I mean, that's, Oh my God, that hurts. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the source mm -hmm. of pure love within you. And if yeah. you're feeling separate from it, you're grieving that loss. It feels yeah. like a loss. It feels real. It doesn't mean it is real, exactly. but that's the distinction. It, I mean, it, it's not real. It's not true, but it feels real and it feels true. And that's what you're healing. That's the big part that you're healing. Um, so I kind of just wanted to, to put that in there to have people look at, you know, some of the different levels and dive in at some of the different places and see what are they attached to. Um, and here's, here's the thing I loved about the quote that I read from the beginning, because it mm -hmm. said, you know, let's say this, this um, analogy that your heart, you know, upon death is weighed by the spirit, got it, spirit, goddess, mot. Well, the spirit, goddess, mot you know, we kind of discussed last week, there's a lot of story involved in this eye in the sky, God and karma and these things, you know, judging right. you. Well, you are, you're the one weighing your own heart upon death. You know, it's like the spirit goddess Mott is you, you know, it's your own sense. Like you kind of said, you're the one who's going to carry negative thoughts. You're the one keeping this energy going. There's no thing out there um, actually judging you or punishing you. You're doing it all to yourself. You know, it's kind of the joke. Like if, if you want to, you know, die and go to hell, well, why bother? You can have it here. You know, you can have hell on right, earth and right, lots of right. people do. You don't need yeah. to die to experience exactly. that. And so it's almost, um, and what's so funny. So we laughed about this this week, Kelly, um, 
because we chatted about a week ago and I just wanted to mm-hmm. kind of get some of your thoughts on some of my grief thoughts and, um, you know, you had some really good things to say and it at least had me see, cause there was some of what you said in, in your karma and reincarnation that I was like, no, I don't agree with that at all. But at <laughs> yeah. least it had me <laughs> <Just> see <laughs> that I have some very strong beliefs and I hold mm-hmm. on to them really tightly because it's like, no, but that those beliefs have brought me out of the desert. They've brought me out of right. grief. They've brought me answers that I now almost cling to that right. I need. And so I started to see, okay, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily, um, don't believe what I believe anymore, but there's an opening for yeah. something fresh to come in. And I loved that about what you said. I felt like it helped me loosen my grip a little from what's true because some of right. what, I mean, right. here's an interesting thing and I love this and I'm not saying it's true, but it's something to play with. There's this gentleman who signs every yeah. email with the universe always says yes. So it's kind of like whatever you're putting out there, it's going to say yes. The world's a terrible place. Yes. Yeah. The world's a beautiful place. Yes. People <laughs> are awful. That. That's great. Yes. People are great. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, yeah. put out whatever you want. It's going to say yes. And isn't that kind of, if you really look at the subconscious mind and how things mm-hmm. are playing out, because you're not always consciously, you may say the world is beautiful, but if your subconscious mind, we've talked about this, which runs about 95% yes. of what's going yeah. on. There, if that is saying, no, the no, world is not. shit, right. you know, what's probably going to play <laughs> out is more of that. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily, like we've talked about before, the conscious can have exponential power. So the more you yes. tap into being conscious, you can really override, you know, 1% yeah. can override the 99 if you're powerful inside of that. Yeah. But, um, but I thought that that was, you know, kind of cool because it's like, it's almost like whatever. And it really had me look, it's like, wow, what am I believing? Mm -hmm. And in terms of healing my belief to heal your grief, you heal the belief. So it's like, if you have a belief about something, like, let's say, take a Christian, for example, of heaven and hell. If you have a belief that you will be judged and you're either going to get sent to heaven or to hell, who's to say that when you drop the body, maybe that's what happens. Why? Because you believed it. And maybe somebody else, when they drop the body, right. something else happens because they believed that. I mean, the, the funny part possible. was like my kicker, like you had a kicker, spoiler alert, that like when you drop the body, like ego's gone, everything disappears, you know, like um, there is no karma, you know, and like we kind of laughed because this last week, like my spoiler alert was almost the opposite where I'm like, hey, right. spoiler alert, <laughs> um, when upon the moment of death, whatever baggage, which it's not necessarily karma. It can be whatever you call it. It can be, to me, it's like a bag of regrets. I mean, I think regret is the biggest thing in the way of ever healing Mm -hmm. grief or anything else, but it's like, Hey, spoiler alert, when you die. And I think we've mentioned this in an earlier podcast, maybe number four or something that you carry the energy of that burden with you. You know, it's like, you can carry burden into the afterlife if you haven't done the work here. And I think that's why there is some inner drive to become enlightened because you're like, I don't want to carry this crap with me. Like you want to be light as a feather. Um, And like I said, it's not some other entity judging you when you pass. I think it's more yourself. But what I saw after what you said, Kelly was, well, everything I'm saying and thinking is actually just a belief that when I drop the body, cause see, I have this story that I did not come into this life as light as a feather. I did not come in pure. I came in with baggage. I came in with burdens. I came in with regret. I came in with existential grief. Okay. <laughs> 40 years, 40 years in the desert. And at least this week, why'd you come last back? Two weeks, because see, to me, you don't have choice. See, I think there's this, like, it's kind of funny. Like, I guess I'm a believer yeah. sort of in purgatory. I guess you could call it that Okay, yeah, because yeah. I'm more like when you drop the body, it's possible. <laughs> like if you are a very conscious evolved being and you, you pass consciously, hell yeah, you go straight home. I, I just feel like mm-hmm. there's almost like there's a heaven inside of time and space and there's a heaven outside of time and space. If you're pure and you are living from a very conscious place yeah, you pa- you're outside of time and space the moment that body drops. That ego, like I said, you're like just barely hanging on to that thing of chocolate. Remember that little story, you know, to like oh, stay yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Versus, but if you're really in the lower levels of consciousness, when you pass, your, your soul, whatever energy has so much weight to it 
that it's not like someone's punishing you to the realm of purgatory or hell. You've basically sentenced yourself. I don't feel like there's choice. And I think that's where my, um, gosh, what do I want to call it? Like, cause I, part of my thing, like, I don't feel like I had choice in coming back. That's why I am fascinated by the idea of reincarnation. That's why my big spiritual breakthrough was when I was like, yes, I want to break the cycle of birth and death. Like, dude, I'm on a mission in this life. Right. And I think that there are a lot of spiritual seekers that have that. And it wasn't until maybe the last year that I'm like, that's interesting. I mean, it really motivated me for the last 15 years to like kick my butt in gear and like work, Mm -hmm. you know, spiritually work, spiritually dig in. And now after your presentation a couple weeks ago, I'm like, huh, maybe some of that is really just a belief. You know, I was at least open and you said something beautiful about like, well, you know, maybe you were in the afterlife and you chose, you chose to come in. You, you chose that sense of burden or responsibility to heal in this life. And I was like, gosh, I have never seen it as a choice. I have always seen it as like, so that's interesting, right? Like who's not to say that I've been carrying a belief called you carry it with you until you heal it, which is why I've spent so much of my life healing. Right, right. And maybe there's maybe an opening. Maybe it. it's just my yeah. belief guiding that, yeah. right? So I'm open. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I'm going to play with it. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing with it. And I'm really appreciative that it had me see how much of this is just my story and how much can mm-hmm. I start to let go of, you know, let go of some right. of my attachments, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I don't believe in necessarily it's so funny. I mean, the ego loves to complicate things, right? It loves to have these like, complicated. Oh. okay, when you die, you drop the body, you don't necessarily go back, but maybe this, but maybe that, I mean, right. Like it loves oh, these yeah. like mazes. Like you said, it just loves yes. the maze. And I'm like, wow, I live in kind of a maze of beliefs and maybe, maybe I want to reconsider some of it. So the point mm-hmm. is if the universe always says, yes, I'm playing with that and playing with, huh, well, maybe I'll consider another belief. And maybe I can say yes to that one, one that's a little lighter. Cause what I loved about that passage was being light as a feather that yes. right. I mean, just, just the phrase of that is like, ah, oh, yes. I mean, even when I'm alive here in this world in a human body, I would love to feel light as a feather. You know, most yeah. of my life I've felt very burdened by having a human body. It's like, can I hurry this up and get rid of this heavy, dense thing and be done? <laughs> I mean, seriously, half my life, I've just been waiting to be done with it. You know, that's, um, in terms of my deep, dark secret, that's my deep, dark secret, you know, that Mm -hmm. I don't tell people and I'm not going to advertise, but anyone watching this podcast now knows my deep secret, you know, but that doesn't have you live a beautiful light life that has you, it, it reinforces the heaviness. And let's say you do have grief or, you know, it it all builds. I mean, Mm -hmm. the grief builds on the grief on the grief. And you've got like these Mm -hmm. layers of the onion of grief that it's like, holy cow, you know, you start peeling it. It's like, does this onion ever end? Um, So yeah, I really appreciated that. And you had said something about just restored me to being in the present moment. You know, it's like, I was talking about, oh, but the Egyptians and they researched and they really focused on the afterlife and the passage. So you passed consciously. So you, you know, you were light as a feather and you did pass on straight to God and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of story. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, so kind of moving on, the other thing I wanted to use my little, um, drawing for was this idea of the witness, because I, I don't like taking away from people's experience. We are here to have a human experience you know, and the human experience involves emotions It involves biology. It involves all the good and bad things that happen here. You know, I mean, in some ways I do see the universe as neutral. It's kind of like a blank slate and it's like the universe always says, yes, what do you want to experience? Yes. Yes. You know, whatever version of yes, it is right. Um, as hard as that can be. And a lot of that includes some really hard things that happen in life. It includes really beautiful things and really hard things. So Mm -hmm. um, what I wanted to speak to was, you know, kind of on the outer edge here, you're really in it. You're just in the experience of being in the 3D body, the emotions, the grief, the experience of it. You're totally taken over by it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's guiding every moment. And sometimes that's where we are and that's legitimate. You know, I mean, I haven't mentioned before, it's like part of you could still be in you know, a very high space of unconditional love. But if, you know, if my child died tomorrow, trust me, I'd be in the very real experience of the body of like, oh my God, just wrecked, Mm -hmm. right? Even though part of me would be in the witness. 
And that's what I've been spiritually training myself for yeah. um, and why it has been important, why spiritual resilience training can be very important so that at least yes. no matter what's happening, and we've spoken a lot about this, that peace within, that no matter what's happening, like really no kidding, um, mm -hmm. you do have some portion of you in the witness. And the more that you build your durability, that you build your ability to hold your light and hold your love no matter what's happening, um, you can stay at least partially in that witness and that will help you. The more witness energy you can hold, it's, it's, you know, it's the witness to your grief. It's the, it's the compassion of spirit mm -hmm. that can hold all of it in grace. And that's where that's at the end of the day, if you have a really deep grief, the only thing that can heal it is literally the grace of God within you. Yeah. That is the only thing. There's nothing like, there's nothing someone can say, or, you know, you can eventually like work your way through some layers, you know, but let's say you're a parent who's, mm -hmm. you know, um, two-year-old child dies of cancer or God forbid, you know, I told you the example of like, I never realized they had cameras on SUVs oh, yeah. people have run oh. over their own children. I mean, you want to talk about a grief that's never going to heal in a human body oh, I know. by killing your own child that all you did was birth them, nurture them, love them. And because of some fluke, crazy little accident, because it can happen here, this is, you know, crazy things can happen here. You run over and kill your own child. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. That's just like not going to heal. You know, you can heal it in layers. But that's yes. just going to be with you. You carry that, you know, right. but, but if you do have a part of you, and so even with those really hard things, if you have a part of you in the witness that is not attached to the ego and to the body, you can have a part of you that is so connected to the grace of God that you know that your love for that child is far more real and far more true than the fact that you killed them and they passed from the body, right? right you know right. the truth. You know that we are all connected to God at all times. That is the truth of who we are. We are always at home with God. We're just here in this playground having this experience because we chose to and because we created right. it, but it doesn't mean we're not home with God at all times, you know, and that you're not connected to that energy of that child and that that is you at all times. So um, even with the worst of the worst, if you have some of your energy in the witness, um, that's where you can heal. And mm -hmm. that's at that deepest level, only the grace of God can heal. Um, and you right. have to almost surrender to that because no like reasoning and, um, like working your way through it. Like you can't go down that far. You know, there's um, only one thing that can go down yeah. that far down the rabbit mm -hmm. hole. Um, so I just kind of wanted to put that out there cause I think it's good to keep in mind. Um, you know, the different levels and the different types and being aware that it's helpful to heal your own stories. You know, so much of what we grieve, we do have more power and more control over, you know, maybe some of it is processing, maybe some of it is energy work. Um, like I said, there's, you know, some of those more outer layers of perception. Maybe sometimes it's just a shift of perception that can heal something for you. And it's like, boom, right. wow. Um, let me go really quick. Yep. Okay did that. All right, cool. Yeah. Cause I, I, I do think it's good for people to look at their regrets. Cause I think it's a lot of times the glue that holds the grief together. Mm -hmm. And if you can dissolve the regret and see where the regret is coming from, like I said, with my grandma, you know, once I healed mm -hmm. the regret, then the grief automatically healed. And then now right. all I have is just a really pure, beautiful energy and connection to her, you know? So if you can kind of get to some of that, um, then I think a lot of natural healing can occur that you don't have to work for. I think that's what I'm, you know, so much of the time we're, we're trying to heal or you think I'm grieving, so I need to heal. And mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't always need to be that forceful. You know, some of it is the old adage of, you know, in time things heal. I mean, sometimes right. that is true. And, and, and to force healing isn't very healing. You know, it's the irony. It's like, right. Well, cause you'll come back hard to heal. You got to mm -hmm. have some space for yourself, have some grace for right. yourself, be the grace of God for yourself, hold some space for yourself. So if anyone out there is really deeply grieving something or somebody, or, you know, you could look at mine and be like, Oh, well, you know, here I am grieving my best friend. Well, that's okay. It's okay that it took me two years 
to unravel. It would have been okay if I never healed that. And I still just missed her and couldn't quite heal it. That's okay too. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't need to get anywhere in particular for it to be okay. You know, and I think that sometimes, you know, that's a good thing um, to know as well. And let me, oh, Kelly, that reminds me that we have that one other little thing. Okay. So I'm going to mention one thing and then we're going to dive into the COVID lung thing. Um, Oh yeah. The other thing I'm so like, I'm so in the world of like catch 22s. And this is another belief that I really should look at. Um, Cause uh-huh. I feel like the world is just full of catch 22s. You know, you kind of do this or that. It's like, like, let's say you take a drug to help you with something, but then the drug has side effects, right? It's like, well, do you want the help with the thing the drug helps or do you want the side effects? Like you got to choose one or the other, effects. but you're going to have one or the, do you see what yeah. I mean? Like there's all these catch 22s. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like with grief too, cause you asked, is it healthy? You know, is grief healthy? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's such a catch 22, right? Like there's such a balance point with grief. Cause if you don't grieve, you're like a stone, you know, you're not even human. I mean, if you're not here experiencing grief at certain times and it's funny cause I mean, different people have different things. Like Teddy grieves a dog more than he grieves a human. You know I mean? That's right, the thing, right. right. Like when a dog dies, it's like, uh, oh, the grief, you know? And sometimes like a human passed, yep. it's like, well, the human passed, you know? So, yeah, um, I think, oh, right? like, <laughs> I know, so That's it's interesting, the, you know, like, the yeah. grief, oh, but for some people, like, oh, just, just yeah. a dog died, but oh, the yeah. human died. Oh, you know, so yeah. there can be different levels of what goes really deep and that's okay. That's mm-hmm. your experience. That's what you chose. That's how you right. perceive the world. Um, but if you don't feel any grief, like ever, you're a psychopath, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the people who feel no grief. So you don't want to be the kind of person who never grieves. I mean, you want to be here. You want to have the human experience. You can still, you can grieve from a conscious place and it's the witness. It's the witness that allows you to grieve from a conscious place. And the more witness you have, the more consciousness you have that can hold space for the grieving without making it wrong, without trying to right. just fix it and say, get over it. But then there is a part where sometimes we, we overcycle the grief, you know, like let's say with Dawn, you know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it, I just kept hanging on to my grief about it. And only at a certain point was I willing to let that go. Could I have let it go a lot sooner? Yeah. I mean, I really probably could have, you know, a lot of it was my story. So sometimes the story keeps the grief alive. It's like, well, do you really want to heal or do you just want to keep the story? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But just realize you're not going to heal if you're more attached to the story than you are to healing. You're going to have to choose, you know? So it's like, if you go too far, you can almost dim the light of your own humanity. You dim your own light within because you're so wrapped up in the constant story that you're not allowing for healing. So I think it's good to look at your balance point and occasionally assess, you know, where am I at? Um, And so it's, it's just a place to look from, you know, but I think it's an interesting catch 22. At what point is grief healthy? And at what point is it, does it become very unhealthy? And again, that can relate to how deep is the grief? You know, I think if it's more of an outer surface grief, you know, that maybe look different than one that goes really deep and affects your life in a really big way. Like you were saying, you know, a child's grandparent could pass and they cry for five minutes and then they're back to just literally normal life. Playing, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, well, they're playing, they're good. Versus if their own father passes, who lives with them every day, or, you know, like if it's somebody that's in their mm-hmm. life and they're going to notice big time when that person, it's a hole, it's a void, right. you know, it really creates a void in your life, whether it's a person, whether it's a job loss, you know, all those things are very legitimate. You know, you can grieve over many things when it mm-hmm. leaves a void, then that you know, can take a little longer and you're going to have more story around it. And then you're going to have more healing around the story around the grief, you know, so it's kind of a little bit convoluted to have patience with yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. but also get the help you need, you know, move through it as best you can from the witness from that powerful place of consciousness, because at the end of the day, you are pure consciousness. You are pure love. You are pure source. You do have the capacity to heal in a moment. If we choose to, it doesn't mean you have to, but know that it's possible. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things in this human experience that can seem to weigh us down and what can we do to feel light as a feather, um, while still in the human form. Um, okay. So the last thing we wanted to touch on, and I would love to get your perspective on this. So I really, as I was thinking about grief, I was like, wow, it clicked in that, you know, the lungs are connected to grief and, you know, like Mm -hmm. through Chinese medicine and those type of things. And I thought, wow, how interesting 
that the world is experiencing this pandemic related to a respiratory lung related issue. And it clicked. I went, oh my God, like in an interesting way, it shows me that the collective is healing a deep existential grief on some level that as a collective we're manifesting this experience to heal some very deep grief even though on the surface it looks like a mess you know it's good to have another perspective and perception of that right and i really wanted to get um your thoughts on that and how you see that so <clears throat> this kind of dives in pretty deep on on a lot of different levels actually mm -hmm. um I think you and I talked about it maybe in the first podcast. I'll start with this, mm -hmm. um, how we discussed that, you know, this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing was in a sense, a way for everybody to have an awakening, yeah. a realignment. Yeah. So when you need an awakening or a realignment, then something is obviously very out of alignment mm -hmm. and that that lung affection, infection that is caused by Corona is, you know, a sense of grief. It's sadness, it's discouragement, it's rejection, it's sorrow, it's confusion, it's defensiveness, it's self-abuse, mm -hmm. um, and it's stubbornness. You know, it's all these emotions that reside in the lung. In Chinese medicine, like those are all the types of emotions that go into the lung, especially sadness and grief. So if you're going to heal that, then, and it's all, like you said, like on a very collective level, what's the best way to have that healed or bring attention to those emotions that are not healing in the human form because everybody's out of alignment, right? So the only way when you're feeling down and you're feeling grief for yourself or another is when you have lost connection with source. Okay. So if we've all lost connection with source, and we need to come back to it, then our attention has to be drawn to something that's going to make us go back to source, which is to put us in this indefinite situation where we have to rise above mm -hmm. and we have to come out of our junk and out of our gunk that's below us and come to a higher level where then we can all see clearly and we can heal. Yeah. So this virus or really anything that's brought to you in the grief sense is a way for you to realize you're in disconnection, reconnect with source, start getting back on the level of, you know, being in that alignment energy. Yeah. Um, you know, in Chinese medicine too, I was telling you that, you know, there's a whole cycle, you know, there's wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, and they're all feeding each other constantly. Mm -hmm. And the lung is in the metal element. So if the metal element is ill and it cannot feed the water element, then we see the deficiencies of the kidneys and we see the deficiencies of the bladder. And if the, if the water element can't then nourish the fire, you know, put some of the fire out or the wood out rather, then we see liver, we see gallbladder issues. And then we go down to the fire and then we see the heart and we say the pericardium and the small intestine. And it just goes into the earth then. And I mean, it just affects the entire body. That's why a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I have COVID-19, but now I have all these side effects too from COVID-19. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's going around the cycle. So this is why grief is so big because if you can heal those grieving matters in your life, like you said, it could be anything, you know, the loss of a best friend, a loss of a friendship, a parent, a grandparent, whatever, a child, whatever the case is, if you can start healing those, you know, and, and forgiving yourself for holding on to them, you know, because, because let me just say this as a, as a, as a, as a blanket statement. And I tell people this constantly in sessions that have lost loved ones. If you live in the grief state where you're sad and you're down and nothing's getting better and oh i just remember this about them and oh i wish i could just hang on to them and hold them and then, then you're not connected to them because they're not in that space anymore where those things are there they're they're more 
they're more accessible to you where they are now than they ever were in the physical form. And if people can rise to the happiness, like even good memories, you know, instead of all these like, oh, drag down type feelings, you can rise into the good memories and you can access them so much easier. So if you can take your entire being and you can rise yourself into your goodness and into your solid space, then your grief will melt away. And grieving, yes, it is medicine for the soul. Like I'm not saying stop the grieving process because it is so powerful. I mean, the tears and the feelings that you feel are so real and they're, and they're medicinal to your spirit. And then there'll be an intuitive moment where suddenly the tears stop and there's this silence. I think we've all experienced it, you know, yeah. and that silence, it's like, Oh my God, you just, you like, like I get chills just even thinking about that silent moment after grieving, you know, and the tears stop and, and, and everything's quiet. And suddenly you're just like, okay, I think I'm okay. You know, I came out of this. I'm all right. Hang on to that. Because that silent moment is where you are truly connecting to you. I am, um, and I have to say this about grief too. Uh, this is kind of going off from the Chinese medicine thing. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, when I was uh, 15 years old, I lost somebody who was so, so important in my life. And he was the same age. He was actually 16. He was a bit older than I was, but still in the same grade. And he was, by all means, he was my, my date to every dance. He was, he was my knight in shining, shining armor. He, he yeah. meant so much to me. Yeah. And my little brother, Tyler, I mean, that was his best friend. We just had such a close bond, all of us. And when we lost him, um, it, was, it was devastating. And I had so much spirituality already prior to that in my life because my mother and my upbringing with, you know, crystals and meditation and all these like spiritual books and constant talking about it. And, and still it hit me so hard. And the most beautiful thing, I'll never forget this, that my parents ever did was they never told me how to grieve. They just let us cry. And, and they just let us be at home and we didn't have to go to school and we just could sit there and just grieve and be in our space. And then once that silence came, then all the lessons of life came, like all the things I was supposed to learn. I met some of the most powerful people in my life. I, I met um, spiritual gurus that I never would have met had I not had this loss. And I just want to point that out to everybody. I want you to look at the grieving process. Look at the people you've lost or the things you've lost in yourself. You know, the near-death experiences or the suicidal attempts or the alcoholism that you came out of or the drug abuse you came out of because all of those things are a grieving process. And look at where you are now. And all of that led to that. And to be confident in the process of grief and be confident in the way that you yourself deal with grief and how you come out of it and what you, you know, what you learn from it and what you take from it. And I had this woman say to me once after I lost another dear friend of mine to um, cancer, she said to me, and this stuck with me forever because it's such a true point. She said, Kelly, do you understand that? we die for each other's evolvement. And I was like, what? Like they died for me? She said, yes, we die for each other's evolvement. Without that process, without that experience, you don't learn as much. You don't experience that you don't grow as much. And so this is like kind of like a huge spiritual hug to all of you who have lost people so dear to you that this is okay. This is a process. Even losing yourself, that's a process. And then finding yourself again and becoming stronger for it. Um, source energy always knows that everything is okay because you are always okay. 
And Casey, I think that the way that you discussed this was like, you nailed it. You know, it's all these layers and everybody needs to just take a damn deep breath when they've lost somebody and know that it's okay. And we're going to lose everybody. Everybody's going. That's what I was going to say. You you're know, like never going to yeah. get out of here alive. Right. Nobody does. Like you're going <laughs> no matter what. Whether you and last one minute, 10 years or 80 or a hundred years. I mean, at some point the ride, you're ends. Going. it's a you're world leaving. of time and space. You know? Yes. You are leaving there. This is a time capsule body. Yeah. It has, an entry point of time and it has an exit point of time. It is never going to continue on yeah. your spirit. The soul within you is going to keep living, but everything else is going to go away. I think it's Eckhart told that always speaks of the, um, the forest, you know, and how everything dies. But then yeah. the only way that rebirth is made is by those things that are dying. Mm-hmm. you know, and then they nurture the earth mm-hmm. and then the new things are born. And it's the same yeah. thing with us. Yeah. We die and we nurture through the process of grief. We're nurturing souls. Yeah. You know, we're nurturing the, you know, the mind to know that life goes forward. Life goes on because you're an infinite being in a time capsule that will disintegrate and the infinite being will go on. Yeah. And so Hold your loved ones, even though they are gone off of this physical plane, they're still so much closer to you and hold them close because they are so, so close mm-hmm. to where you are. I mean, they are accessible in a matter of seconds, just through a thought. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like I connect more with my grandma, both my now, grandmas actually now right. than I did in human form in certain ways. And that's yeah. really beautiful, you know, and, and that's why kind of back to the beginning, so much of grief, really every grief is a grief of grief of perception mm-hmm. on some level, because it's all coming from a grief, from a belief that we hold, you know, whether it's um, kind of like, you know, you just pointed to that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. if we had a belief that there's a circle of life and there's a cycle of life and it cycles in and out and everything, you know, is in its divine nature and divine timing. If you have that belief, then the universe always says, yes, well, you know, then that's going to be your reality and your right. griefs can't go so deep because, because you're not perceiving it that way, right. you know, and right. one beautiful thing I wanted that you said, you know, nobody gets out of here alive. You know, it's like, we are yeah. borrowing this body from mother earth. We're borrowing the cells and we mm-hmm. give the cells back. None of this belongs right. to us. And I think that's the attachment piece that so much of grief is what are we attached to? Are we attached to these billions and trillions of cells that make up this thing that looks like this personality. We're attached to the personality. And like you're saying, if you can connect to the spirit and, you know, not be so gripped by that identity, Mm -hmm. by that personality and just say, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, we're borrowing the body and we're giving the body back. Nobody gets to keep their body either. And your cells go back and recycle. It's like the rain, you know, it all recycles and comes back around. If we have a belief and a story that empowers us, and that's mm-hmm. the power is, can you create a story that empowers you? And that's where my rubber met the road the last yeah. two weeks. Cause I'm like, wow, some of my story, you know, for a while, even it did empower me, but it mm-hmm. comes and goes in waves. Right? right. I was listening to that song this week by Dean Lewis. It's so great. It comes and goes in waves. And it's like, now yeah. I'm at a wave of like, wow, what used to really empower me. I can now see the little crevices where the ego is using it to be now attached to this thing that, you know what, that's not feeling right. light. That doesn't feel like a feather, right. you know? So right. where can I just at least be curious, you know, and, and, and adjust your a great point. Yeah. That brings up a great point, Casey, because if it doesn't feel light and it doesn't feel good, then you are no longer connected to source. You just aren't because you can't be because source energy is light. And so, and source, God, whatever you want to call it. And so you have to bring yourself back around you have to say, okay, I'm reconnecting. I'm replugging in to the source energy of what is healthy, what is good for me. And I'm living on that stretch of life, you know, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to be ripped this way and ripped that way and totally whopped around in a tornado of emotions and feelings. 
that's life. But that in itself is another test. How strong are you holding on to the core of who you are? That's what you want to grip, you know, like the one thing you want to grip is the truth and the core of who you really are. And, (laughs) and, and And the better you get at it, the less tornado time you spend. Actually, I'm, we're not the ones gripping it. If you're connected to that, it's just, it's like the hand of God grips it for you. You don't have to grip it. You know, it's like, it's just held so closely, but you're not the one doing it. Right. You know, it's not you doing that. No, it's your being. And that's why it's light. Oh yeah. It's your beingness. Yes. I mean, I love what you said. Yeah. Live life unattached. Yeah. to the dispensable items, yeah. including your beliefs, you know, and, like, and, you know, look at yeah. some of your beliefs. What do you, what do you want to hang on to? What do you maybe want to start to let go of? Yes. You know, and that's where I'm at. Well, we like, just, wow, we just there's some things circle. I can really let go of. Yeah. We just went full circle. Yeah. We're now back to the beginning of the, of the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was beautiful. I, I think if people tune into this, mm-hmm. I think you'll find a lot of relief. That was great. Yeah. Good work. Hey, I like the answer to my question. Well, there you go. Yeah. And um, I think it's neat. I was listening to that. I listened to those Lee Harris monthly energy updates. And Mm -hmm. right now the energy is all around cleanse, reset, purge. It's this beautiful opportunity. So my invitation is just, you know, it's what I'm taking advantage of right now. There's an opening, there's an opportunity to just really cleanse yourself. You know, if there's some things that are really weighing you down, you know, you don't even have to process it or heal it or whatever, you know, all these things, just Mm -hmm. take some breaths, meditate a little, let go, you know, um, don't even put words to it necessarily. Right. No, you don't even need to put out there. It's it's just a willingness. It's a willingness Mm -hmm. and an allowance to say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to let go, whatever it is, you know, I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to explain what it is. I don't need to rationalize what it is, you know, kind of like you, it's like, you can hang on to the past life. You can hang on to the karma. You can hang on to the stuff or just mm-hmm. kind of let it go, you know? So go. right now it's an invitation to just, you know, and you can do this at any time in any moment, whether you're listening to this in 2020 or 3020, I don't care, you know, right, it doesn't matter, right. but you know, take every moment as an opportunity when you're conscious to, mm-hmm. to cleanse. To purge, yes. to just give yourself that space and allowance for whatever's ready to fall away, allow it to fall away. And yeah. I really am grateful, you know, that your conversation and answer a couple of weeks ago and your question on grief, um, I feel like has helped me, you know, really purge yeah. and really cleanse some things that were ready to go. You know, it was ready yeah. to go. And yeah. I send it with love. You know, it, it sends right back to yeah. the center of love, to the source of its origin. Um, you know, where it came from. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you taught me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm, uh, I'm leaving the desert, you know, I'm in the oasis. Beautiful. (laughs) I'm out of the desert. I declare, you know, I'm out of the desert. I love it. I love it. And I want everybody to know too, that when Casey and I had the conversation after the podcast, um, and she really opened up a lot of things last week, you know, about how you were, how you felt your whole life. Um, you know, and then, you know, how she disagreed with some of the things that I had said. And I want everybody to know that the disagreement is good. Um, it's a way for you to search deeper. It's a way for you to claw through your own crap and say, what feels right to me? What doesn't feel right to me? And remember what does feel right to you brings you closer to your source. You know, like you talked about tonight, you know, what, what my belief and what feels good to me might be my fucking reality. Okay. And and it might not be yours, but it's mine. And I, tr- I was going to really try tonight to not drop the F-bomb and I just did it. <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> and, and that's really, you got really far. That's, that's an accomplishment. I did. I got to the last like five minutes. This is a, that was a huge accomplishment for me. For anybody take who it. knows just me, you know, it. it's an accomplishment. <laughs> you don't know me, just know it was an accomplishment. So you know, it, it's, um, I think it's great to have that, those differing belief systems. I mean, like I do yeah. with my own husband, you know, we, we see things really the same and then we see some things really different. It makes yeah. us both think, 
And it also brings your bonds closer together too, yeah. because it's like, well, you're teaching me something I didn't think of. <laughs> so, so, you know, take what you can from that podcast, from this podcast, combine them or just go with Casey or whatever I said, or go with your own, mm -hmm. but just know that whatever feels right is what is right for yeah. you. Yeah. And hold on to that. Don't, you know, don't feel like you have to shift and change it because somebody said it, you know, there's a lot of gurus and, um, spiritual mentors that I'm sure plenty of us listen to that. It's like some of them like, okay, no, that doesn't jive with me. And other people probably pick it up and they're like, yes, you know, give me more. Yeah. So, you know, just, I just wanted to put that out there. Cause I don't want anybody to think like, wait a minute, this one's saying this, this is saying this, where should yeah. I be? Yeah. Be where it's comfortable and it feels good for you. Yeah. Um, and don't worry about any of the other crap. Yep. Yep. And it goes back to your inner guidance system. I love, yes. you know, that phrase, it's like, trust yes. your own inner guidance system. Yes. These are just breadcrumbs. If you want yep. to add it to your guidance system, great. If it resonates for you, great. If it doesn't, right. maybe it sparked something else, you right. know, that leads right. you on your path. So, right. exactly. um, vaya con Dios, go with God, oh, yeah. you know, on yeah. your way, vaya con Dios. And I was going to say, so, um, Kelly and I are in the process of, um, we won't go into it too much tonight, but we're developing a course on self-love yep. yes. and it's really beautiful. This program in particular is going to be, um, only open to women because it's through a particular organization, but our next podcast will be diving into mm -hmm. self-love. It'll be kind of a, a way for us to work through some of our content and mm -hmm. deepen into what we're going to be teaching. And I think that's a beautiful closure for today. You know, yes. what we were talking about wherever you're at, however you're at, whatever mm -hmm. you may or may not be grieving, um, you know, that all works into, you know, love yourself. Self-love mm -hmm. is the yes. access to the grace of God. You know, if you're not yes. in a place of peace and love within yourself, you cannot access the grace of God. So I think it's a perfect lead in. Um, so stay tuned for our next podcast. Yes. She'll be diving into that realm. Self love. Yeah. Yes. So we That's love you. That's going to be a big one. Right. Embrace yes, your love, love of you. yourself. Play with it. Um, a lot of it's going to center around your self-talk. And is it positive? Is it negative? What are you saying to yourself throughout the day? So just as a fun thing, maybe you play with that. You know, the next couple yeah. of weeks, I'll link to your story. What stories are you telling yourself? You know, if you do have mm -hmm. a grief, what is the story attached to it? What are you saying over and over about it? Could you alter it in just some small way mm. that would empower you, that would bring you some peace? Um, do you want peace? You know, do you not want peace? You know, kind of all these, right. all these things, you know, kind of dive in a little bit. So we'll- Love that. Yeah. We'll uh, dive in on the next one. We'll be diving in too. <laughs> oh yeah. The next couple of <laughs> weeks. Self-love, baby. <laughs> Yes, I know. <laughs> hey, it, what's uh, better than to come out of the desert into this into self-love, right? Isn't that where you want to be? Better uh, than that. I love it. I love it. I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. All right. And uh, this is for you, Morgan. You are loved. <laughs> this is her off so much. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> she had a great comment on her Facebook page. That was yeah. so great. I know it was great. You I are love loved, okay. and you are love. Yes. <laughs> All right. All of you have a great weekend and we'll see you in uh, two weeks. Okay. Bye. Right. Bye, Bye for now. Bye.